and welcome back to It's a Musical Podcast. Podcast show where I force my boyfriend to watch musicals he should have been and been? Sin. And then we talk about them. It is hot today. It really is. Oh my days. I have melted into this sofa. Yeah. You can't move. We are now a part of the sofa. Yes. I am the boyfriend. What's left of the boyfriend? What's left of the boyfriend? And we're here today for Annie 2 Electric Boogaloo. Absolutely. You know, that actually is an Annie 2. Is there really? Yeah, it's Annie's Royal Adventure. We are not going to be watching that. Is that a musical as well? No. Okay. That's why we're not watching that. That makes sense. It's bad. So, this version of Annie has everyone's favourite super fan, Kathy Bates, in it. Yeah. She's not an Annie super fan. That's a misery, a misery reference. reference. Yes. Yeah. I still need to see that. Yes, we do need to see that. No, we are watching the first remake of Annie, the 1999 made for TV musical. And this premiered as part of the wonderful world of Disney. It sure did. So, how did Disney get the rights to Annie? How did it come about? So. After the success of Cinderella, yes, which you hated, yeah, ABC wanted to work on Annie, and because the stage musical at that time was not currently running, they bought the rights, basically. Just that right? Not all. Well, they bought the movie rights. Okay. Basically, so it was already. We already have the stage musical. We've already got the original film, and then they saw that like remaking it and remaking it as a film would be a chance to fix any of the previous film's errors. Yeah, I could agree with that. Yeah. So we've got the choreographer from Cinderella is the director of this version. Okay. So Rob Marshall. This is third appearance, I think, now mm-hmm. on the podcast for yeah. Rob Marshall because he directed Disney Into Rob. the Woods. Yeah. He's obviously done Pirates of the Caribbean. We've talked a lot about his CV in the past, so we won't go on about it yeah. now. But, like, he's a Disney human. Yes, he, he's the possession of Disney. Mm-hmm. So, what I know about this version is, yes, it's got Kathy Bates. I am assuming she plays Miss Hannigan. Mm-hmm. If so, I think she's going to be a much scarier, more sinister Miss Hannigan. Okay. Harold Burnett. There was an edge to her, but never like it was a more serious that she was, like, edge. Drunk. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like even at the end of that version of Annie, she kind of had her moment of, "Yeah, I'm out. I'm going to stop this." Mm-hmm. I don't think a Kathy Bates version of Sanigan's ever going to intervene for the welfare of the kids. You don't think so? No. Well, no, I suppose not. Probably not. No, that she plays some really good caring roles like in titanic she's one of the f- the few wealthy characters mm-hmm. that actually cares but that's because she's new money and she can be a really good caring character however the things i've seen her in where she excels is misery where yeah. she is the villain yeah i've only ever seen her be scary except for titanic yeah even in bad santa 2 where she kind of plays scary it's not a great film but in it She's really good in it because she is like unhinged. There's just something about her that she excels yeah. at those roles. She does a very good job of being a crazy lady. Yeah, and you know she's intimidating. I mean? In her few cameos in the American Office, 
she's really intimidating in it and mm. she's just got this look in her eyes it's like what are you doing why are you disturbing me and yeah i'd be I, so interested to know what she's like in real life oh i bet she's an absolute sweetheart you think yeah i think anyone that can be so secure and play these roles yeah has to be nice plus she doesn't take herself too seriously like she's been in quite a few adam sandler films mm-hmm. i don't think she is so worried about her impression that she just has fun that's how she comes across to me i also believe alan cumming is in this version he is yeah do you know who he plays i i have a theory he's going to be rooster yes i don't think he's old enough to be daddy warbucks no he's not and again i think he potentially is going to come across scarier as rooster than tim curry will Tim Curry chased a child up a train track. Yes, but Tim Curry's not scary. Like, yeah, I suppose. he's too slapstick and camp to be scary. Yeah. Perhaps that's just that's, because I know him as Frankenfurter. Yeah. But also in Home Alone 2, he's a clue. Not, Yeah, he's not a scary person. Whereas Alan Cumming, mm. I think, can come across really scary as well. You know, again, doesn't take himself seriously. I saw him in Hammersmith back when I was at college. That's cool. He played Dionysus in a version of the Bacchus. Mm, I can see that. Very first thing we have is him descending from the top of the stage, literally, like, upside down. He's wearing a robe and his butt is exposed. Excellent. And as he drops down, he lands kind of facing up and just being, like, really coy. Mm. So playful as Dionysus. But there's, like, a sinister edge to him as well. So... Yeah. Yeah, because you haven't seen Cabaret. No. And I think he comes across very sinister in that. Yeah. He's, like, he's great, and I love him. He's but... a really good actor. Like, he's in Goldeneye, and he's yeah. kind of a joke character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in a show that my mum watches. I think he's in The Good Wife. And my mum thinks he's brilliant in yeah. that. I haven't seen it. But he's, like, the comedy kind of side character. He's really he? good friends with Tilda Swinton as well. I can see that. Yeah. Do you uh, know anyone else that's in No, this? I have zero clue who's going to play Daddy Warbucks or who's going to play Annie. So, Alan, Alan Cumming is, is Rooster. Yes. You were right about that. Think of... So, we had Bernadette Peters as Lily. Yes. Who's like a more modern musical actress who's kind of over the top and silly? I really have no idea. Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... As Lily St. Regis. She auditioned to play Annie when she was a kid. So I love Kristen Chenoweth. I love Chenoweth. Yeah. But I was hoping we'd have more serious villains in this one, and that instantly gives me less hope. Lily is never supposed to be serious. I know, but... And you have to remember, this is an adaptation of the musical. Yeah. They are not trying to make their own film. No, so I know, I know. this is musical Lily. This isn't yeah. film Lily. That's fair. I mean, all I've got to go on is like the five minutes of Bernadette Peters in the last one. Yeah. And she was great, but the character's a non-character. Mm-hmm. We've got one of Kathy Bates' Titanic co-stars as Daddy Warbucks. Is it the one who's supposed to be marrying Rose? Well, no, but he's scary. Yeah, he's great. Like, he, he would be a really interesting Daddy Wobbles. Probably too him. young. It's not him. Is it the King of Rohan? Who plays the captain in Titanic? It's not the captain. I can't remember his name. 
No, I can't remember his name either. One of her co-stars, but it's not Leo, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god. I feel like he would know about it if Leonardo DiCaprio had played Danny Warbucks. Yeah, again, way. especially when he's like in his 20s. He was also in Cinderella. The version of Cinderella that we watched. Jason Alexander? No, <laughs> Jason Alexander is not in Titanic. That's what I was thinking, but he's in Cinderella. I don't know who is it from Cinderella. Victor Garber, okay. the king. He's the architect of the Titanic. Oh, he is, isn't he? Mm-hmm. But he was much younger in that. Yeah. But yeah, he's Daddy Warbucks. He can't be much younger. They were filmed at the same time. He looks much younger. They were released in the same year. Okay. But he looks. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that he has hair in Titanic. Yeah. So this is another Daddy Warbucks baldy. Yeah, because again, musical based. Okay. Musical. We also have Audra McDonald as Grace Farrell, the personal assistant to Daddy Warbucks. Okay. Audra McDonald, you will know her from Beauty and Beast. She is Madame de Garderobe, the wardrobe. She was the one who introduced Carousel last week. Yeah, she was. Yes. Yeah. Cool. She's amazing. She's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And then we have an appearance from Andrea McArdle who was the original Annie on Broadway. She does not play Annie. I was going to say, she's probably too old. Yeah, no, she appears as an adult. That's cool. I quite like that, you know, you're going to give like a cameo. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. And then the actress that is playing Annie is Alicia Morton, and she has not really done anything in Fair. Basically, she's a child star. So this essentially comes about because Disney have spotted that there is a gap in the market mm-hmm. we are going to fill that gap and hopefully make some money yeah disney probably also thinking they can franchise annie and do more with the franchise post if this is successful because disney are that way inclined mm-hmm. and this premiered not cinematically but on the no, wonderful world of disney yes on november 7th 1999, it was premiered on ABC during The Wonderful World of Disney. It's weird that they premiere it November 7th. Like, if you're going to go for a November release, why not have targeted Thanksgiving weekend? I have absolutely no idea. It was probably rerun over and over again yeah, probably. during that time. But it feels like if you're going to just debut it for November, that would have probably been a better weekend to have, you know, premiered yeah. it, like, build it up. Like... Well, after its release, it was also shown continuously essentially yeah because it probably only had that it was that or cinderella yeah on one forward of disney but then abc family stars and hallmark channel they showed it because like you say if it's the holidays you just sit your kids in front of the tv and oh look annie's on just put it on yeah and like i said my friend chris this is the version of annie he grew up with this is the one that he knew i didn't see this version until i was a teenager yeah. But this is the one that was shown at his house. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who grew up with this version and not original Annie. Yeah, which is fine. You know, I think that's part of the appeal of having something that can span any generation. Yeah. Is this one going to be set in the same era as the last Annie, so during the Great Depression? Yes. So, that is when Annie was set. No, I know. But obviously the Jamie Foxx version. Yeah isn't set then it's a modern annie so i didn't know if maybe 
mm-hmm. with 20 years difference they'd maybe changed it so it might be post-world war Two. annie not that i remember i remember it being the same yeah because they make they made a huge point with this one of saying we are making a filmed version of the musical yeah. we are not changing no, which is it. fine i just yeah there's a part of me that'd be quite curious to see how that same story and we'll see it when we do our third Annie in a month. I'm quite interested to see how that story is adapted for a different era. Mm-hmm. Because the first one definitely seems very much a product of the Depression. Yeah. So I wonder how well Daddy Warbucks translates outside of that era. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if you're thinking post World War Two, again, he could have definitely made some money during that war. Yeah. How is he going to make the money in like the early 2000s, 2010s, you know? So it'd be interesting to see how it changes there. Okay. Yeah. So things I want from this in our pursuit of the definitive Annie viewing experience for Dave. Mm-hmm. I want better villains. Not because... You want any danger or anything. It's not because Carol Burnett, Bernadette Peters, and Tim Curry were bad. Because they were really good in it with what they had, like I said. Yeah. The problem is the characters just are not fleshed out or kind of introduced early enough for them to feel like a threat. Yeah. I I want more of that thread running through. Okay. I want that to be something that is noticeable throughout the plot. I don't want it to just be that they're introduced and then forgotten about for an hour and 20 minutes and then they return and suddenly I'm supposed to take them seriously. Yeah. I want them to be investable as villains. Mm-hmm. I want it to be that I feel I can suspend my disbelief enough that they might win. Yeah. I know they won't because it's Annie, mm-hmm. because it's musical theatre, but I want to be able to suspend my disbelief enough to think they might stand a chance. Yeah, and that was your biggest problem with it last time, wasn't it? Yeah, I think the narrative of the last one is very montage and I think that works for Annie being the kind of panel strip idea, mm-hmm. that kind of you have an adventure, it ends, you have another adventure, it ends, you have, and that's quite nice, like it feels like it fits the source material. Yeah. I don't want any racist stereotypes this time, please. So, super interestingly, Audrey McDonald is a black woman. Yes. She's playing Grace, Mm -hmm. which is Daddy Warbucks' assistant. Yeah. And we talked about with the last one, Daddy Warbucks and Grace, like, they're clearly in love with each other. Yes, and they do end up together. Kind of. Yeah. In the original one. Yeah. For this one, they filmed two different endings. Mm Mm-hmm. Grace and one of them was they filmed it so that they made it really clear that she didn't end up with him and Audrey McDonald theorised that that was because ABC and Disney thought that at the time people would be uncomfortable seeing a black woman and a white man end up together but Victor Garber performed so badly during reshoots that they had to use the ending where they end up together oh really? Mm -hmm. Do you think that was deliberately? Supposedly, she's Audrey McDonald has said that it was deliberate, which is nice. Good guy, Victor. Yeah. Do you think there's also an element of not just black woman with white man, black woman with rich white man? Yeah, especially because she is his employee. I'm glad they're going to keep that ending. Yeah. But I think you've already told me that the ass 
Yeah, the only version of Annie where the Asp and Punjab appear is, is. the original film. So they're version. gone. Yeah. Cool. Thank goodness. I don't want tomorrow to be used as a propaganda anthem. Cool. So hopefully that's not going to happen this time. I'd quite like it if Annie actually raised the issue of her parents pre the one hour and ten minute mark. Yeah. Like if maybe Annie's parents aren't just bought up when suddenly she's offered to be adopted. Mm-hmm. It'd be quite nice. Yeah. Because that's, that's kind of her plot line, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would be very happy to never hear Let's Go to the Movies and We've Got Annie again. I don't want to hear those songs again. Fortunately for you. Those were film inventions. I thought as much. So I'd be quite happy if that's the case. I, I could do with never hearing them again. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really it. So I'm assuming then FDR will still be a character. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming we're still going to be looking for opportunities for John Barrowman to be cameoing. Obviously. But, do you know what? It's a weird one, but I kind of hope that the choreography of Hard Knock Life actually comes across like they are enduring a hard knock life yeah they are having too much fun Mm -hmm. and perhaps that comes across because carol burnett isn't actually going to discipline them yeah kathy bates is so much scarier than carol burnett yeah so hopefully there's going to be no like making the beds and then jumping on them and throwing things to the floor like Mm -hmm. hard knock life is going to be scarier like it really is a hard knock life yeah. for us. I'd love to watch the Making of Annie on Broadway documentary review because the original writer talks about how much he hates the film, mm. the original film, and how much he hates specifically hard knock life. Yeah. Because it doesn't... Why are they having so no. much fun? Well, why um, are there so many children? <laughs> and we were watching Musical Mash. Yeah. And he mentioned it as well. Like, yeah. It's Shout just... out to our new follower, <laughs> Musical Mash. <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't already, go on YouTube. I'm sure you have. Yeah. But if you haven't already, YouTube the musical mash and just enjoy the videos. Mm-hmm. And listen to Musical Theatre Happy Hour podcast because yeah. Jim and Tomic are absolutely hilarious. Yeah. And I think they. So those are the changes I want to see from this version of Annie. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, if we get those changes, it will be a more enjoyable experience overall. Because yes. I I enjoyed Annie. I said it was three stars. Mm-hmm. So maybe if we make those changes, it'll be four or five star. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? Hopefully, because obviously the next month we'll be watching the next Annie. Yep. The the modern Annie. Yep, Jamie Foxx and Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Maybe your ratings will go even further up. Yes, maybe we'll have a sixth star if they address all my issues and then make it even better. Yeah. So I think it's time to go back to Miss Hannigan's Mm -hmm. house for little girls. (laughs) <laughs> is that what you're calling it? I don't know what it's actually called. It's Hudson Street Orphanage. I thought it was Hudson Street, but I didn't want to say that because I was getting confused with Sherlock, like Mrs. Hudson's. Yeah, I guess Sherlock came first. Yeah. Well, we're going to go back to Hudson Street. Yep. It's no time like the present. <laughs> to watch another Annie movie. We could wait until tomorrow. No. No, because... Well, hopefully the sun won't come out tomorrow and it might be a little bit cooler. Wouldn't that be nice? It would be very nice. Okay, we will see you very, very shortly.
Hey, hobo man, hey, dapper Dan, you both got your style, but probably you're never fully dressed without a smile. Your clothes may be Bromley, they stand out a mile, but probably you're never fully dressed without a smile. Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back to Annie. Yes. How did you enjoy that one? I had a good time. I love this version of Annie and the entire cast. I laughed more yeah. this time than I did the last time. Yeah, I think you had a good time with this. Yeah, I, I would say... You a good viewing experience. That there's some really good things about this one. Mm. I think the biggest issue with this one comes from the time... Because this is considerably shorter than the last one. I think yeah. The original film version is about two hours, ten minutes. Mm -hmm. So this is cut half an hour from that one. Yeah, and this is a made-for-TV movie. Yes. And a kid's movie at that, so it's 90 minutes. Yeah, so there is some really, really nice bits. However, there's certain bits that have been cut that I really enjoyed last time. Like what? So... Some of the interactions with Daddy Warbucks are gone. Yeah. Which, like, the moment in the 1982 version mm -hmm. when he's helping get her ready for bed and he puts, like, the nightgown on her. Oh, and he's like, oh, I didn't know I could do that. Yeah, it's yeah. a really cute moment and kind of prompts the whole can we keep Annie. Mm -hmm. And that's gone in this version. Now, admittedly... Maybe not as appropriate because this Annie is older than that Annie. Because mm -hmm. I, I would say 1982 Annie is probably about eight years old. Eight or nine, yeah. And this Annie She's younger. is 11 or 12. And she feels more mature. So it's probably not appropriate to have yeah. that scene in. Well, one of the things we ended up talking about while we were watching it was that original Annie feels like a child. Yes. This Annie comes across as a teenager. Yeah, and it's one of those weird ones that she is a much better actress. Oh, absolutely. But part of the charm of Annie has gone. Yeah. However, when you factor in that she's probably an older Annie, yeah. it's not such a bad omission. If she's supposed to be an eight-year-old, she doesn't come across an eight-year-old. No, but she they referenced that her, she was born in 19... I've got it written down. Yeah, you, you wrote it down. They, they reference, we figured out from watching it that she would be about either so, 11 or 12. She arrived at the orphanage in 1922 and it's now 1933. So she's at least 11, possibly 12, depending on when depending her parents, when she was born. Yeah. Uh, you know, put her up for adoption. Yeah. So she's older. She comes across as well as a lot more motherly to the other girls, as opposed to in the old Annie... She's kind of just one of them. I would say the original Annie the... is motherly as well. Like only to when... Molly. Yeah, but this Annie only comes across motherly to Molly. I don't think she comes across motherly to any of the other orphans. There's a whole extended sequence where she's singing maybe where she's tucking them all in. I didn't really notice that bit. I just noticed her cuddling up to Molly. Yeah, no, she puts Molly to bed and then she walks around and she tucks everyone in and she makes sure that all of their... Like okay, I didn't get that. Comfy. I didn't notice that bit. It was very darkly lit, that scene, so I yeah, didn't really see it. 
So the opening overture with the images of like the depression makes some very effective world building. Mm -hmm. It's much more effective than the 1982 version where it's just the locket opening on different people. Yeah, title sequence. Yeah, I like this title sequence. Even the overture sounds a little bit more bleak. Yeah, well, and also we're getting the the musical orchestrations of all of the songs, but specifically the overture, as opposed to the movie where they've written their own orchestrations. Which for is it. why this version of Annie is the one that's referenced in Deadpool. Yes. Because it's probably more definitive. Yeah, definitely. But it sounds better recorded. Yeah, definitely. At the two minute 56 mark, mm -hmm. we get Annie saying the line, my parents are alive, which we come. had in the last one, mm -hmm. but what we didn't have in the last one was, and they're going to come and get to me someday. Yes. So, two minute 56, much better. We recognise that she doesn't consider herself an orphan. Mm -hmm. She really has this hope and belief that her parents will come back for her someday. Yeah. Yes, in the original she says, I'm not an orphan, my parents are out there, but there's no She hope. says it once. In this one she repeats it over and over again, I'm not an orphan. But especially because straight away after, Annie has a note that all the orphans have memorised because she has read it that often. Mm -hmm. Perfect. That, that instantly is all I needed. Yeah. She knows she's got her parents out there, she's not an orphan because they're still alive, and her parents have said, we will come back for you someday. Mm -hmm. That's it. Now I get why she's not willing to be accepted by Daddy Warbox because she has got hope. Yeah. Something I've always um, found really interesting with this is why has Miss Hannigan let her have this note? Because Annie obviously just didn't keep it in her pocket as a baby. So I think the difference between this version of Miss Hannigan and the original Miss Hannigan, this version of Miss Hannigan actually tries to do her job more she takes her job seriously mm -hmm. she's not using it as a front for prohibition she's not using the kids as like tools to make her bathtub gin no because we've got that kind of hint they do have to they are a sweatshop but it still feels oh, i didn't get that she says it to them does she yeah you know when they after hard knock life she says to them they say, can we have our breakfast now? And she says, no, you've got a backlog of orders. Once you've finished at your sewing machines, you can have your breakfast. Okay. Which is true to the time. Yeah. Like, got a bunch of kids. Yes. What are you going to do okay. with them? But, you know. Okay, but it still felt like when she sings Little Girls. Yeah. She sounded more exasperated than a drunk. Mm-hmm. And felt like she was taking this life and her job more seriously, but she just really hated the girl she had. Yeah. I I feel like 10 years ago, she was probably very good at her job. And she's gotten sort of over it by yes. now. Yeah. Especially with the, the change in the times as well. Yeah. And because Annie is probably somebody who has become a thought in her side. Mm -hmm. Pre-Annie, she probably loved her job. But because she saw it as maybe, a me, you know, a, a, as an entry level thing and not going to be the rest of her life, as the past 10 years have gone on, she's now like, why did I ever do this? Mm -hmm. So I think there was a time when Miss Hannigan cared enough to share this note with Annie. Yeah. But as years have gone on since that point, she just hates her life. Mm -hmm. That's how I'm explaining it. Yeah. That makes sense. Did you know Anna Kendrick auditioned to be in this film? As this version of Annie? Mm -hmm. 
I could see her doing that. She would have been around the right age. Yeah. I did not realise Sarah Hyland was going to be in it. Yeah. And <laughs> she is so cute as She's Molly. She's such a little baby. Yeah. So it was really sweet. Like, I didn't recognise her until you said who it was. Yeah. I just said, she looks a lot like her doll. And then you said, that's the girl from Modern Family. I'm like, oh my God, it's Sarah Hyland. Mm. She was great in this. Yeah, like, she's adorable. This version of Molly was much better than the 1982 version. Yeah. And the orphans as a whole were better, I think. Because mm. I didn't get bored of them. Whereas in the last one, we kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I was like, who gives a damn? Yeah, and they're actually... They're used so sparingly again. Yeah. To when you go back to them, it's not just, oh, here's some time we need to fill. Which is one of the best things about shortening it. They've definitely not given more to these characters, which they don't need it. Yeah, there's no filler in this. We're yes, taking it all exactly. off them. So Annie sings Maybe, and this version of Annie has a really good voice. Oh, she's fantastic. And we were actually looking up um, where is Alicia Morton now, mm-hmm. because she was a child actor. She she hasn't done any adult acting jobs. No, her last credit was Deadpool 2. Yeah, and her last like on-screen acting role was in 2006, and she yeah. was still a child. She's the same age as you, isn't she? No, she's three years older than me, so she would have been 19 then. Yeah. Her last role, so still young. A teenager. But she is like a normal human being now, mm. which is super interesting and nice to see. Yeah, because you see so much where child actors maybe lose it lose it a little bit and it's nice to see that she's stopped i think it says she works as a vet now yeah which perfect like she's got a normal job still does theater from time and time yeah i think that's awesome yeah it was really funny because when i was looking her up i was obviously the first thing you do is try and find somebody's instagram page Mm -hmm. and i looked her up and she has like 500 instagram followers it's just so super interesting yeah she's a normal Adult human being who has a normal person job and is just living her life. She yeah. also has a very nice Harley Davidson. Yeah, very which jealous. is what you know you want to see. Like yeah. you want to see people enjoying their lives. Mm, absolutely. Not kind of living in regret of I wish I hadn't done this. Mm-hmm. She resolves to leave. Yeah. And Pepper has this really good line where she goes again. Yeah, because Annie runs away all the time. Now this orphanage is a lot more kind of barren. It feels bigger, scarier. Mm. There aren't as many orphans here. It's just them. We never see any more orphans. We don't. I, it, there was a scene where I felt like there was suddenly some more. No, I feel like it was only of the ones that were in that bedroom. Yeah. But I, I never saw any. But I really liked the effect of like it creaking. Because this feels very like a horror sequence, especially with yeah. the way that our introduction is very Shining-esque when we meet Miss Hannigan. Yeah. It's like... Here's Kathy. <laughs> because and you said you wanted her to be creepier. And it is instantly we've got more sinister. Mm-hmm. There's, I love Carol Burnett's version of Miss Hamilton. Miss Hannigan, yeah. Oh, Miss Hannigan, sorry. <laughs> we were just talking about Hamilton in the break before we started recording. <laughs> Miss Hamilton. That's a crossover. Yes, but Miss Hannigan. I love Carol Burnett's take on her. Yes, same. And I feel like that's kind of become the default way to portray her because of probably how successful Carol Burnett was. Yeah, definitely the... um, Who plays Sue Sylvester? Jane Lynch. Her version is very Carol Burnett. Yeah. The... Well, Carol Burnett plays her mum in 
Glee, yeah, so I, I can know. see that. Miranda Hart yeah. did a version where she was Miss Hannigan and she was very Carol Burnett. And then we had Craig Revel Forward. Yeah. He he was Miss Hannigan. Really? Amazing. I love him. Yeah. He is fantastic in everything he's in. He was very, very Carol Burnett. I think more than Carol Burnett was. <laughs> like, mm. he was spitting image. Yeah, so I'm not like. complaining because I like that take. And I especially like the kind of speakeasy connotations. Yeah. But I think you've got uh, as equal a manner of playing the character in the way yeah. Kathy Bates does. Definitely. She's taken it and made it entirely her own version. Yeah. And she's not trying to do a Carol Burnett impression. Mm. No shade to anyone who does that. That's fine. No. But if you're going to try and take this role and make your own for a film... You have to go with it. Yeah. You can't half-heart that. And she does not. She is 100% committed to this role. Yes. And she's brilliant for it. I think sometimes the direction of this version like forgets that we're having a more sinister, scary Miss Hannigan. Yeah. So hard... the, Miss Hannigan is kind of a comedy villain. Yeah. In that you don't take her too seriously, but she is a bit sinister. Exactly. So this version, you've got sinister undertones, but then I think the direction of having the kids and the injured do a pillow fight after Hard Knock Life breaks that a little bit. Yeah. I thought Hard Knock Life in this version was better because it felt bleak. We don't have 100 plus orphans doing a really choreographed routine. Yeah, no, it's in cartwheels. No, they are actually cleaning and they are complaining and you feel like the boredom of this routine. Mm -hmm. And I I did prefer this version. Yeah, this is the thing where I said last time about the stage version. Yeah. And maybe this comes from having, having a choreographer as your director. Well, because he choreographed as well. He's got the dual credits. Yeah. This version matches the stage version where, yes, we're singing, we're paying attention to the song, but by the end of this song, all of the beds are stripped, all of the mattresses are folded, and they're ready to put everything into the laundry. Exactly. And you kind of don't notice it happen because you're paying more attention to the kids and what they're doing. Which I I think is a good thing. The choreography was more subtle. I really did like the slamming of the pillows on the folded matches. So I did mm-hmm. notice that being done because it was kind of done with the beats of hard bump, 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 yeah. bump, bump, and it worked. <laughs> I never noticed this line before, but Santa Claus we never see. Santa Claus, wait, who is he? I like no, Santa Claus. What's that? Who's he? Yeah, I like. I've never noticed that before. But I can't take Molly seriously just because I know it's Sarah Highland now, and she's it's so cute funny, in this version. Like she's really good casting because she's got like these big doe eyes. She's like a doll, and she's actually in the TV series of Shadowhunters. She's the Sea Queen. Really? That yeah. is the best. Casting. Oh yeah, I remember seeing that and being like, "Yep, yeah, she's perfect casting." Perfect. She looks like a little China doll in this. She is the same age as me, so that's kind of weird. Yeah, but she's still... So she's got to be eight or nine when she's filming this. Yeah. Which... Yeah, nine. Looked but she older. looks smaller than that. Like, she really she does. She's about look... six. Yeah. I, th- I was surprised. I was like... Because I thought she was, like, younger than me. And I think, looked... well, I think they lucked out with that because mm. she does look very, very young in this. But, but her she's singing actually nine. is really cute. It's not like big Broadway. It's just, like, a little girl singing, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we miss with Annie in this one. Like yeah. That. But, you know, it works because this version of Annie is very different. Yeah. And Alicia Morton had actually already played Annie in a performance yeah. of it for her school. Well, she's been on set as well. Yeah. And she was With Ricky 
Martin as mm. Marius. I'm good. I don't need to see that version. <laughs> I just like to see him do one song. Yeah. I like the line where Miss Hannigan says, "I'm saving myself for Oliver Warbucks." Oh, to Mr. Bundles. Yeah. And yeah. I really like that he's referenced before we meet him because we didn't have that in the previous one. No, but he's a celebrity. Yeah. Which and is really she, nice. Later on, she calls him the richest man in the world, which he he isn't, but comparatively to her. You mean her, the millionaire? The billionaire. Like, you would know who he was, especially if he's in the papers all the time. Yeah. And on the radio, and people talk about him. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm saving myself for Mr. Warburgs. Great. Yeah. So Annie sneaks in. They've done it really clever because Molly is in the laundry mm-hmm. and then they remove her so yeah miss hannigan miss, gets her out miss hannigan's like no child is getting in there yeah it's the perfect bait and switch and then annie sneaks in mm-hmm. and then as miss hannigan goes chasing after mr bundles we get more to the hard knock life yeah i never did know there was like a reprise or more lyrics to yeah. it i liked that it, and then suddenly they're more like haha this is more fun yeah, because Miss Hannigan's not there. Yeah. She's she's run out. But it is weird that they start having the pillow fight and destroying their pillows because you know Miss Hannigan is not going to be the sort of person that gives them pillows with stuff in them. However, it is our first of the very nice transitions oh, where the, the feathers that are coming out of the pillows yeah. turns into snow and suddenly we're on the street with Annie. That is amazing. Yeah, the transitions in this version consistently are amazing. So this version is set over the Christmas holidays instead of the Independence Day. Yes, and this is where the musical is Yeah. Now, well. I read that the 1982 film version came out in May as a limited release and then July as its full release. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think they're going to have changed it because they knew that was the release date they wanted and that they wanted it to represent that holiday more. Independence Day, yeah. yeah. This holiday season where this was released was obviously Thanksgiving into Christmas, so setting it this time feels better. Yeah. Well, this movie takes place over, like, two weeks. Yeah. Maybe not even. Maybe just a week. Yeah, I think that's all she says, is is Mr. Warbucks would like an orphan for a week. <laughs> I would like this orphan, please. Yes. So, Annie steals some hot corn, mm-hmm. which is then stolen by Sandy. Yes. That dog is so well-trained. Oh, my God. To train a dog to take food out of somebody's pocket and not chew on it is mm. incredible. And I know yeah. service dogs do that. And, yeah. But to see it in a movie is very nice. And then we get tomorrow with much better placement. Yeah. So much more sense. In here. a place where it's supposed to be. Yeah. This isn't a war propaganda song. No. This is actually saying I want life to be better and maybe life will be better for both of us. Mm-hmm. And then the policeman shows up. Why are the police answering to the dog catcher? Like, is there a reward? Is there a bounty on Sandy's head? Because he says, I can finally turn him in. I think they just know each other. It's weird. I feel like the dog catcher should be answering to the policeman, not the other way around. I think the dog catcher probably does answer to the policeman. But it doesn't come across that way. They obviously know each other. The dog catcher's been trying to catch Sandy for such a long time that this policeman's like, ha, I'll be able to lord it over that dog catcher if I'm the one there. Probably, like, ah, I'm better than you. Fair. Mm. So I think in the Annieverse, Mm. this is the Dark Knight take on Batman as opposed to the 
Batman and Robin take. All right. Because he's going to give an eternal sleep to Sandy. Oh, my God. That line was so unnecessary. It's so dark. Like, this is the Dark Knight version versus, you know, the campy Batman and Robin with bat suit nipples. Of all the things to leave in when you can make changes, having the police officer be like, if I see you and that dog again and the dog doesn't have a collar and a leash... He's going to go to the dog catchers and they're going to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. All he needed to say <laughs> was he can go to the pound. Yeah. So, yeah, gritty reboot. This is the gritty Annieverse. So I'm mm. expecting for the Jamie Foxx version of Annie to maybe be the, you know, the Justice League version <laughs> where it's not quite as good. It's know, trying too hard. That's kind of where I'm expecting it to go now. I'm hoping it's not. Yeah. Yeah, this Annie is a much better actor. It does lose some of her charm. You know, we don't have any of that cute moment where she pulls up her fists. Yeah. She, but I like it. This is a very different take on Annie and a more mature Annie, which works. Yeah. We'll watch this version with subtitles mm-hmm. because it's hot out. We wanted the fan on and we couldn't actually hear it. Plus, like, my ears playing up and slightly swollen. So I can't actually hear that good. So we watch it with subtitles. We love subtitles. And there's a really nice bit. So... Annie is hiding from the police officer and running away, and whilst the other police officer is chasing Sandy. And the subtitles, Annie is panting, yeah, but he's huffing. But the police officer. Yeah. Now, huffing makes it feel like he's really out of shape. Like, do you not just think, if you describe someone as huffing, yeah. that's a, you know, like... Well, you're given this sort of description of him as, like, a older, out-of-shape police officer who is kind of bumbling anyway. Yeah. Huffing makes it sound like he's really out of shape. Yeah. Because later on, before Kathy Bates sings Little Girls, she gets a subtitle for pants. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this police officer is really out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's interesting. a different in, difference in the noise, though. Yeah. Possibly, but I just thought really interesting. Like, you could have just given them both the same ones. Yeah, I guess. The, again, another amazing transition. So Annie's hiding and she sneaks around a corner, she turns and she's going into his kind of into like the police officer's chest. chest. But as she turns, it just clicks and it's suddenly Miss Hannigan bringing yeah. her arms around. Such a good transition. Oh, amazing. It literally is the exact same placement of Annie. They've really worked yeah. on the camera to get it there. <laughs> this film has no right to have such good editing and transitions. The editing and transitions in this are for just For a made-for-TV movie so amazing there is a real difference in quality between the the cinderella and this Mm. like this feels so much more like it could have been theatrical i think that says a lot about rock marshall though Mm. like the, the the quality is is definitely upped yeah even compared to once upon a mattress Mm. which i think came after it's that early 2000s yeah, because there's Carol Burnett again. It's kind of gone down. Yeah, but that's another one that they wanted to make it seem like you were watching the stage show. Yeah, but that I can accept. That one, it felt like a deliberate choice as opposed to just a cheap version of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. This doesn't feel cheap. Like, they definitely put money into this. Yeah. <laughs> the Board of Orphans. Yes. Now, I know they mean, like, a branch of government that are in charge of orphans, but in my mind, mm-hmm. if you're answering to the board of orphans, you are going to be stood in front of like five or six famous orphans. Yeah. 
Annie, Oliver. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> I really. It's only three. Who else would be on there? Well, we need to think about it, but I really want you to draw just a picture for me that says the Board, the of, Board Orphan. of Orphans. Because, like, I know it means government, but it really does just make me feel like you're just going to be propped up and have to answer to, like, Anakin Skywalker, who's like, I don't like sand. It's you have horse. gone against the Board of Orphans. Yeah. You might have, like, three different Annies. Yeah. Like, and they can argue amongst themselves. Mm-hmm. All the Annies. Yeah. But it just was a really funny line for me. And it, I know that's completely irrational of me, but that's just what it made me think of. Yeah. Little Girls is so much funnier. Yes, because she's searching and sweeping her room for little girls like they're the boogeyman. She's, she literally is checking drawers. She's looking under the bed and in the chest just to make sure. Yeah. Because in the Carol Burnett one, there are children in her room everywhere. Yeah. They're just hidden in cupboards and things. Yeah. And this is why I felt like the way she talks about her job, she used to love it. She still does take it seriously, but she's just done with this. Mm-hmm. And there's no other way. Like, jobs are in real demand at this point in time. Like, there's so much unemployment in America that she she's lucky to have this job. Yeah, but that doesn't mean she likes it. Yeah. And I love, she has a line to Annie. Yeah. But she says something about, oh no, Annie says, I thought you hated your job. And Miss Hannigan's like, no, I love my job. I hate kids. Yeah. It's like, hmm. Exactly. Fair enough. There's also another important line I think she says here. What did I always teach you? Never tell a lie. Yes, that's going to become important later. Oh, bridge. <laughs> yes. I have a feeling that if Grace did not show up, Annie would be sitting at Miss Hannigan's desk with a quill. Yeah. That would just mark on the back of her hand. She'd be scrubbing the floors with her toothbrush. Yes. She would be doing. And that toothbrush would then cause like the marks on her hand because it's the reverse of the quill. Yeah. My issue here is that Grace does the same thing she's done before. She literally takes the first orphan she sees. But with less of the cute kind of Annie beckoning, like, hello, I'm here. Yeah. It literally just, she'll do. There's no description of anything first. She just enjoys, like this one here. I'll take that one. It's actually worse because we're stalling, you know, we don't have the filler time here. It is a little bit worse. Yeah. And then you have sort of, it ends up being that the reason Grace does take Annie is because Miss Hannigan has First of all, mentioned that Annie ran away. Yeah. Then it's so desperate to be like, she's not going anywhere. Yeah. No, no, she's my little girl. She's not an orphan. And, like, obviously yeah. she's lying. But then have her, have Grace be like, well, I'm sure the Board of Orphans would like to hear about yeah. how she ran away. And then Miss Hannigan's like, I'll just take her fine. Do whatever you but want. But isn't it funny how Annie is only an orphan when it suits her? Because every other point, she's like, I'm not an orphan. Yeah. She's robbed one of the other girls of a chance here. Mm-hmm. Imagine if her parents showed up now. How funny would that have been? Yeah. Who do you think she would have taken if she didn't take Annie? Molly. You think? Yeah. The cutest one. Because Annie, prob- if Annie was going to be like, I'm not an orphan, but I can recommend you a good one. <laughs> which arguably is what Annie should have done. Yeah. Like, this Annie comes with... In the other version, she knows she's going to get punished, so she's more just trying to do this to get out of the punishment. Plus, because she hasn't gone on about her parents, it's almost like she knows she's an orphan deep down. But because this version of Annie is so adamant, I'm not an orphan, my parents are out there, 
Yeah. She's a hypocrite, and it just feels really well, unfair. Well, and in the her. other one, yeah. we even have the line where she says, I guess I always knew yeah. that they were dead, deep down. Yeah. Like, this version. No, exactly. So... None of that. Not a good choice for Manny here, I think. We get a reprise of my favourite joke, but reversed. So she goes to Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. And... She's going to do the floor, then windows, which makes less sense. At least if you do the windows, if it drips, you're going to clear it out anyway. Yeah, we had a whole conversation about how smart she was when we talked about the other Annie because yeah. of that line. And it's a weird choice to have it the other way around in this one. It is. So I think I'm going to like it here. Same kind of placement. Right. Grace's singing is amazing. Audra McDonald is phenomenal. Her voice is great, but I don't like this version of the song. Yeah. Because it's slower. Mm -hmm. And that's not a judgment on her singing, because her singing is amazing, and it's fantastic, and it's beautiful. But it's not the version I really enjoyed yeah. from last time. We've even got rid of one of my favourite lines. So, no, no bubbles. bubbles. No, that line's gone. <laughs> I, I actually hated this version of the song. Um, I have My issue with this version of the song is that me and my mum always sing... The one bit that's like, we've never had a little girl, we've never had a little girl. Yeah. That isn't in this. Yeah. They say, we've never had a little girl, we've never had a little girl. Yeah. It's infinitely more boring. It's not as catchy or fast paced, it's just kind of slow. They're not really excited to have Annie here. Yeah, they don't seem to care particularly. Yeah. Like, it's very nice, but. There's really lovely choreography, but that's not how you clean. If I was Daddy Warbucks and I, I walked in right now, I would be making some cuts. Some people would be unemployed at Christmas. You get the sense that they're just showing up. I know, but if I was Daddy Warbucks, I'm running a house. Yeah. I'm away on business and this is how you, you clean my house. This is what you do when I'm not around. Like, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. Merry Christmas. Mm. <laughs> it's not... Way the not. only people that clean well are the final people that come on with the kind of, like, big... The sweeps. Things, yeah. yeah, they're really sweeping the floor. Everyone else, like you've got the women with the feather duster are dusting the air. Yeah, that does nothing. All they're doing is shaking dust. Exactly, the they're making it worse. Sorry, a third of my workforce have their jobs. The rest of the off you go. Yeah. How was your trip? That <laughs> was horrible, terrible. Yes, Hello, Victor Garber. <laughs> it was terrible. The uh, the ship hit an iceberg and most of the people died. <laughs> Is this, I suppose that, that probably is the last thing you watched from Victor Garber in, isn't it? Yeah, well that would have been the last thing most people have watched from Victor Garber in, considering that it was released in 97, 98 and this is 99. Yeah, that's true. He's hot off the Titanic. Mm -hmm. With Kathy Bates. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why was he getting negative press? That wasn't mentioned in the last one. It's kind of mentioned in the last one, but it's in his conversation with the president. Yeah. Because he is a war profiteer, yeah. he's getting loads of press. Okay, because he didn't feel like... He runs a bunch of factories, and it's it's mentioned when they're on the... Um, you know, he's on the phone, and yes. Annie's watching him talk to the president yeah. on the phone, and he's like, I'm under a lot of pressure right now. It's yes, people, I know the feeling. People are refusing to work in his factory. So, the last version of him from 1982, it felt like he was a hero, like he was a national hero. He was the embodiment of the American dream. And you wouldn't dare say a bad thing about him because he's risen through hard work. And we may not like him, but we want to be him. Yeah. This version is just weird because we get negative press and kind of that's it. Mm -hmm. 
Come to my club for dinners and cigars. Amazing. I so, don't smoke. Yeah, but this is it. Grace's line is, besides, your club is for men only. Like, Grace's priorities is not, you can't let a little girl smoke. It's like, it's men only. Yeah. Grace's priorities are she, I think her point is like, use your brain, think about... Yeah, but she needs to use her brain as well. Yeah. Oh, Brandy then. He goes to work and Annie just likes to watch. Yeah. Yeah, Annie likes watching. And FDR is coming to town. I love that, though, that he's on the phone to FDR and she's like, invite him for Christmas. He's like, would you like to come for Christmas? And then suddenly just the president's coming over for Christmas. The thing is, the power dynamic between Daddy Warbucks and FDR is is reversed in this version. feels like FDR needs Daddy Warbucks in the 1982 version, where in this version, Daddy Warbucks needs FDR. Yeah. And the fact that, like, FDR is coming here kind of says he's got the power as opposed to them going, going to there. Daddy and it's better like Annie going to Washington just felt so silly yeah you live in New York City and you haven't seen it <laughs> this was such a better song than let's go to the movies yes so much they better. cover this on Glee and it's sung by Jane Lynch and Matthew Morrison. Does Jane Lynch also pick up a snow globe shaker and it pans into New York and then they're in New York? No, but I like that. That transition was great. Yeah. It feels like Daddy Warbucks isn't in his usual hangouts. No, but I kind of love that. There's my whole enjoyment of this scene compared to uh, Let's Go to the Movies. Yeah. You suddenly get all of the bonding that they need to do yes. to then get to the adoption storyline yeah. in one song yeah. and it's presented as like, oh, look how awkward he is. He doesn't know how to be a real person. Put the phone down and then like, we're eating ice cream, we're going to the see the musical. We're having a good time. Schwartz. Yeah, it's cute. But my issue with it is, comes down to again, the timing. Mm. Like this is his first night with Annie. Yeah. And he's straight into being like a good dad. I miss the fact that they maybe had a night or two. Where he's really awkward with her. Yeah. Like the swimming pool. He's everything. literally gone from zero to 100. And I quite miss the small bonding before they get into the big bonding. Mm-hmm. You're right. It's lovely. And it totally sets up why he'd want to adopt her. Yeah. But it's so fast. But it's this stage show. And I know I keep saying no, that. No, I know. And but I in get a stage that. musical, you don't have time to show all the scenes. But, yeah, but the stage show would still probably be around the two hour ten mark. Two hours, yeah. It's a kid's musical. Yeah, so, so it's we're shorter. S- but we're still, there's still half an hour that they could add some of this stuff to. Yeah. And it's all I'm missing. It just, I, I know that in a musical we're going quickly through things because we want to set up the passage of time. Mm-hmm. I just, it feels weird that it's like literally gone from, I don't like you watching me, to, yes, let's have fun, I'm going to be your father. If there was a day, and this was maybe the second or third day of the week, yeah, fine. This is the appearance of our original Broadway Annie. Right, so they've gone to see Lullaby the Musical. I wondered, is Annie going to be asleep at the end by this? It's an awful lullaby. It's Broadway lullaby. It's an awful lullaby mm-hmm. because of all the tap shoes. <laughs> That's not a soothing sound. No. But yes, perfect cameo for the original This scene where they are watching the musical all of the costumes yeah and the set is an homage to the broadway melody from singing in the rain cool. which is a choice i think here's my question yeah she sings nyc who original annie 
Yeah, her character is called Star to Be. So, was Danny Warbucks just singing a song from a Broadway musical to Annie? Yes. 100% I'm willing to believe that. He's like, how do I describe NYC? Well, I've seen this musical. I'll yeah. just sing the song from it. Exactly. It's literally like yeah. someone singing Hamilton and then like taking them to go see Hamilton. Okay, his name is Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. Like, it just, it's that kind of ridiculous. Well, what is the plot of Hamilton? Well, how does it, like... And then you go and you sit down, the first thing you hear is Leslie Odom Jr. going, his name is Alexander Hamilton. You're like, oh. And just picks up the song perfectly from where I left it off when I go to see it. Yeah. I love that, though. Like, it's it's a weird kind of diegetic, non-diegetic sound. Like, Mm -hmm. I imagine the song he's singing exists in the real world. Yeah. And he just takes over because, like, at this point, the lady's singing it for him. And then we find Sandy. Casually. (laughs) Casually. And they keep him. And then we don't see him again until the last scene. No. And he's such a non-character in this one, which I guess is perhaps the more more musical side of it than film. Yeah, there's only so often you can send the dog on stage. Exactly. So he probably isn't. Yeah, he's not going to be there. I was just thinking about that fear to fail video of the dog. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so we watched the other day, and I'll try and find the video and link it to Twitter. Oh my god! Was theatre bloopers, mm-hmm. and we watched it because it came up on suggested view of YouTube, and it had Elsa. And I just want to see, like, oh, I know what this is going to be. It's the quick change dress, which was not the actress's fault, but really funny to watch. And I yeah. know I'm a bad person for this, but the best one. It was obviously. Either an Andram or a high school wizard yes. was, and a dog that's playing Toto. <laughs> the dog who plays Toto is just bopping along the stage really casually and walks off the end of the stage, but like <laughs> just falls. And it shouldn't be funny, but his legs are still moving yeah. while he's falling. <laughs> I'll link that video to our Twitter so you can enjoy it and let us know what your favourite theatre blooper from that video is because there are some absolute brilliant ones yeah they are i'm allowed to laugh i performed at the globe theater when i was year nine so that would have been 13 14 14 years old and i had to dance we were doing much do about nothing and i was playing benedict Mm -hmm. and i had to dance to girls allowed jump to kind of be like this is how different i am and the person who was directing us had clearly been inspired by love actually because i was doing very hugh grant moves yeah i tried to slide and my leg didn't go quite the right way and I fell over on stage. Amazing. At the Globe Theatre. Amazing. I'm allowed to laugh at theatre bloopers because I will hands up, put my hand up and say, yeah, it was funny when it happened to me and it's, you know, you've got to laugh at these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Daddy Warbucks has instantly fallen in love with Annie. Basically, yeah. You know, that, which is nice. Like, it's the first night and instantly he's like, okay, this is what I've been missing. Mm-hmm. So... Grace yeah. goes to adult. There's none of this, we got Annie, palaver, which is great. Yeah. And um, it is Grace that goes to see Miss Hannigan to adopt Yes, not Annie. Daddy Warbucks. Yes, because the end of this film does not work if it is Daddy Warbucks yes, that goes to get exactly. the paper signed. So, I like this bit, because Miss Hannigan says, you mean the millionaire? No. The billion. The billion. <laughs> and... Because she then repeats it to Lily later. Yeah. Yeah, because she likes to kind of see a lot of people's jokes, which is a really nice trait to put in, especially with Hannigan. Mm-hmm. So it is the exact halfway mark where we meet the villains. Yeah. Arguably, I'd say we met 
the key villain straight away in Miss Hannigan because she is more the villain this time around. Yes. But it's exactly halfway through the film where we meet Rooster and Lily. And Easy Street is performed here and it's so much better placed because yeah. it's it's before their scheme mm-hmm. and it highlights kind of their prerogative. Yeah, it's their I want song. Yeah, and instantly I've added more depth to these characters before that point because I know that their only priority is to have as easy a life as possible so they're yeah. capable of anything. I think Christian Chenoweth is really cute here, the way she looks at him as she performs Lily. She's so funny. Yeah. And this version of Lily, I like a lot better than the Bernie McPeaches Yeah, version. I would agree with that one. I was wrong. I think Christian Chenoweth does a really good job here. Mm-hmm. Especially because, like, she's quite she unassuming. Yeah. And then suddenly, like, you know, fierce. But yeah. Compl- not smart. No. Definitely not smart. They dance on the streets... Who's looking after the orphans? <laughs> we'll get to that later. Yes. Now, I know you don't like me talking about this, but I always think it's weird that in both versions, the way Daddy Warbucks is speaking to Annie about can I adopt you comes across so much like a marriage proposal. Like, he gets his, his friend to psych him up. Yeah, I think that comes from... He's a businessman. Yes. So he, the way that he's trying to phrase this, he's doing it more as a business proposition yes. than as the and way he should be doing it. It is nice that he's asking Annie's permission first. Like well, he's like, trying. Or trying to yeah. be like, Annie, I would like to adopt you. How, how does that make you feel? As opposed to just, Annie, I'm your father now. I'm adopting Which is nice. Yeah. It just, it's weird because like it always just comes across comical for me because it's like he's preparing to pop the question. And then when he does, eventually in this film, actually pop the question, it is the worst proposal of all time. I don't know. I think we've seen worse proposals. You think? Yeah. I think Mr. Darcy's proposal, like... Oh, yeah, no, okay, that's worse. <laughs> in Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> is worse. <laughs> I like when he says, off with the old and on with the new. I start laughing. Yeah, he hasn't thought this through at all. Basically. Oh, I've, I've completely forgotten my other favourite bit of this. Because it happened during NYC. Mm. <laughs> I laughed so hard at the bit when he says, off with the old and on with the new, because he just doesn't know the significance of this locket. And Annie's face is like, <gasps> but the other point I laughed at hysterically to the point I had to pause it, yeah. it is during NYC. And Grace and Daddy Warbucks are getting their shoes shined. And they're sat down, you see them, and you're panning across, and you think you're going to see Annie. No, Annie's the one shining the shoes. Yeah, she's shining the shoes of a little boy shoe shiner. I love that. I just thought that was absolutely hilarious because, of course, she is. That's such a that's such an Annie yeah, trait. Yeah, that is her character. The character integrity to Annie is really good. Yeah. Are the FBI really so free with their time that they can just stop and look for Annie's parents? He obviously has contacts in the FBI. Yes. I think it's better than the way the advert works. Mm-hmm. And obviously there is still an advert because we need that to move forward. Yeah. And it's better and probably a bit more useful. But I just, it's like... Yeah, having him be like, I'm going to get this, this government body... To stop looking for is, the terrorists. Yeah, whose job it is to find things, to find your parents. Like, yes, that is the way that it's going to happen. Yeah. As opposed to your advert. Yes. She has said no, and he has become Saddie Warbucks. And we get the reprise of Maybe, 
and Annie's just such a great singer. It's like very brief, but she's yeah. so so good at singer. And we go to never fully dressed, and we don't get. I I liked the exchange with like Daddy Warbucks trying to deliver it and like reading the stage directions. Yeah, that was funny, but it wasn't important. No, it wasn't important. So I didn't miss it as much. I was just surprised that it went straight into the radio show and having the orphans listen and sing it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm really happy that we just go straight to this version. I'm not bored of the orphans, and I really like how playful they are. Because yeah. we've not had three or four different interludes of playful orphans mm-hmm. here. They haven't outstayed their welcome. This is perfect use for them. And they then provide the exposition. This is a really important moment because they are the ones who tell Miss Hannigan about the plot. Yeah, so the rest of this film is their fault. Yes. If they hadn't said... I mean, I'm sure they'd have found out about the the reward of Yeah, actually, I disagree with you completely. But if they hadn't said it right there, I think Daddy Warbucks would have adopted Annie before they'd arrived. No. You don't think so? No, because Rooster shows up. Rooster will have heard that elsewhere. He's not with Miss Hannigan this whole time. They've already come up with a plan. They come to her with the pitch. I suppose, yeah. The orphans just tell her mm-hmm. and sum up the point. The rest of the action will still happen, if not for that, because Rooster and Lily have seen this. Yeah. Because then immediately after, we get the mudges come in. And she doesn't know it's Rooster. Mm-hmm. She genuinely believes that Annie's parents until Lily messes up. Yeah. And then he's like, it's me! <laughs> Fooled ya! It's his costume. And it is quite convincing the way he changes. Everything about his performance. Like Annie yeah, Cummings he completely a great job. changes. It's not like Tim Curry where you still knew it was Tim Curry. Yeah. You could still see it very clearly. Well, and that becomes a major point, which is that Lily is so useless that she cannot be counted on to do this well. Yeah. So Miss Hannigan has to go. Yes. Because otherwise... Which is why she's the main villain. Because she takes over the plot and makes it better and Mm -hmm. makes it work more. And they are all on board with straight up murdering Annie. Oh. (laughs) Because I don't know who it is. I think maybe Lily said, but what do we do if the girl wants to go? It's Miss Hannigan. Miss Hannigan's like, hey... Once we get her, we're going to have $50,000, but also a child. What do we do with her? Yeah. And he's like, it's fine, I'll make her disappear. Gets his knife well, He down. gets his knife in cutthroat. And they're yeah. all okay with it. Mm-hmm. So this Miss Hannigan, there is no redeeming feature to her. No. At least Carol Burnett was like, I'm sorry, I'm not cool with this. I draw the line at child yeah. murder. Even it's Lily seems a little, like, <laughs> off-put by Tim Curry going for it. Yeah. But this version, they're all on board with it. Mm-hmm. Better villains. Like, straight yeah. up, I know the stakes now. They have an end game. We know that if Annie goes with them, Annie is dead. Yeah. Like, pretty much straight away. Yeah. Because they're not going to keep her around for long. Yeah. We go back to Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. And he's got a letter from the FBI. None of these parents are who they claim to be, and they, they give the same... I'm sorry. All the cheats, all the liars in New York came out to say, but Annie's there to hear it this time. And we get the letter from the FBI. Do you reckon they made the excuse of 90,000 rockets just to dismiss Daddy Warbucks and enjoy their Christmas holidays? <laughs> like, they're like, we're not spending our Christmas investigating some orphan. Let's give him a, uh, a lie. Let's say that there's like 90,000 of these rockets just to get him off our case. Mm, no, because then they do come back with all the info. It's true. 
that's because at this point he's been rang and he goes, listen, I need you to do a background check. Yeah. Something isn't kosher here. Yeah, that's true. So maybe at this point they're just like dismissing it because they think he's not that serious and like, what's the point? But then when like talk has come up, maybe they take it and treat it more on Christmas Eve of all time, allegedly. Yeah, maybe. Something Was Missing is a good song. We learn that there's two universities named after him. So we've got Daddy University and Warbox University. Excellent, yeah. Like, which one would you rather be a graduate of? Daddy. Yeah. 100% Daddy University. What do you think they specialise in teaching at Daddy University? Uh, child education. Child education. <laughs> yeah. And Warbox is like, more like the business thing. Yeah, so. that's a business university. I like to think that Daddy University, like DU and Warbox University, yeah. are like, the elite, like they make Harvard mm-hmm. look like community college. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think Annie thinks he's singing this song about Grace? I don't, he, it could be about Grace. Yeah, and he's just like, yeah, I totally ship you and Grace. There's, and then realises um, it's saying about her. There's only one line that makes it clearly about Annie, which is him saying, who'd have thought I'd have found everything I wanted in one little girl. Yes. Which, like, is cute, but everything else in that song could just be about Grace. And suddenly we're watching Beauty and the Beast as they dance in the ballroom. Yeah, I think that's cute. It is really cute. I like that. I like that. You get this sense that he does care about her and it's the first time he's letting himself be, like, soft. Yes. Which is nice. That's what he needs to be able to actually say to her. This version is a much softer Daddy Warbucks throughout. There's no harshness that we get in the previous version. I like the harshness. I like that he has to change over time. Mm-hmm. But this version feels like he's just constantly soft and been missing something. Yeah. Annie's never met her parents, but she loves them. Hey, I never met you, and I'm not crazy. I love you, parents, but... Yeah. <laughs> Adopt me, maybe. Yeah. And we get our first Leaping Lizards for Christmas. Yeah. Leaping Lizards! <laughs> yeah, because um, we get a nice kind of reprise of the orchestral arrangement, I think, but I think I'm going to like it here as they're setting up for Christmas. And Daddy Christmas is all like, wow, you've done a great never job. Looked better. I've seen better Christmas decorations. Like, I feel like they kind of half-assed yeah, it. He's probably never done up the house for Christmas before, especially because he does say to Grace, invite all the staff to our Christmas party. Yeah, like. He's clearly never thrown a staff party at Christmas before. Yes. Annie has stopped him being Scrooge. Yeah. Which would have been better if this was the 1982 version because he actually played Scrooge. What, Victor Garber? No, Albert Finney in the oh. 1982 version. Like, he actually played Scrooge. Okay. And then we get together at last, which fits so much better here. Like, as opposed to just being done at the end. Yeah, and the entire time you're you're watching it with the knowledge that this is all about to come crumbling. Yeah, down. exactly. I said, like, this is so much more tragic because we know her parents are on the way to collect and kill her. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice, it and the interplay between them is so cute. Like the way she dances on his feet, yeah, like it really is a really nice moment. Like she's she's kind of got this closure. She's like, look, my parents clearly don't want me. They're out there, but they don't want me. You want me, and I'd be happy to be your daughter. Yeah, I'd rather be with a family that wants me than the people who yeah give birth to me. And it's nice. And then yeah, we got our very first reference to Daddy Warbucks liking Grace that way. Hmm. He wants her that way. <laughs> it's a really weird line because he's like, oh, that's a very pretty dress. You look very pretty in it. It's like, excellent, well done. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, he he clearly doesn't know how to flirt. No, but this is literally like the first kind of reference to him liking. It's like I don't just want to be a family with Annie. And yeah, that's what he says. And it's kind of like okay. And she's kid. just stood there like okay, <laughs> great. So she is brought in a judge, and they stand at the end of the aisleway. With... Just in the foyer. No, I know. so but... hung up on this marriage thing. I actually wasn't going to reference the marriage thing. They stand at the end of the aisle and they've got like people watching. Do you take this vow before God to be her daddy? Four bucks. Uh, and as as if on cue, here come the mudges. Here's my question, right? Who would you rather have as your parents, Victor Garber and Audrey McDonald, or Alan Cummings and Kathy Bates? I think I'd have more fun with Alan Cummings and Kathy Bates. But the problem is, they're planning to murder me. Not the characters. The actors. Who would you rather have? I do like Alan Cummings. Yeah. I think he's a phenomenal actor. You think he'd be a good dad? He's Nightcrawler. Yeah. But you think he'd be a good dad? (laughs) Kathy Bates would be a good man. Do you think that's why Nightcrawler's got such a vendetta against the president? Because this president, like... Yeah, that's 100% what it is. No, in in this version, I think I'd have more fun with Daddy Warbucks and Grace. Oh, no, I'd have... But, yeah, I'd love to have... Victor Garber and Audrey McDonald. Yeah. So they present the legal documents, and, oh, yes, Daddy Warbucks is an expert in legal documents. Apparently. I don't have a lawyer present or anything. It's her birthday. You you must be her, her parents. Yeah. And this is really... It's a really weird change, because... In the original version, Annie's born on October 18th, 1922. And in this version, she's born on October 22nd, 1922. Five days makes all that difference. I don't know why they introduced that change. That Annie just goes, that's my birthday. That sure is my birthday. Well done. Kathy Bates has the brilliant line, the very nice and very attractive lady at the orphanage told us where to find you. Mm. I love it. Very weird. And then getting the money felt more authentic than the last time Daddy Warbucks just like waving the money at them. Because in this version, they're just willing to walk off with Annie and Grace says, so you're mean to tell me this has nothing to do with the $50,000 reward? No, there's a reward. See ya. However, the money would help us to give her a better quality of life. Mm. Feels more authentic. Like they, for a moment, you, if I was Daddy Warbucks, I would believe that they didn't care about the money. Yeah. But then had like a few moments to reflect to go, but we could really make the most of this little girl if we had that money. My favourite bit is him giving him the dollar. Yes. Oh yeah. That's like Oh my god. Rooster <laughs> is a genius. That is the best con he could have come up yes. with. Because Daddy Warbucks says, Well what about the money? Oh yes, and here's a reward like, for looking after her. He's like, Oh I'm so sorry. Yeah, you must want some money for looking after her and he puts a dollar on the table and it's like, sorry we we don't have very much money. And Daddy Warbucks looks really uncomfortable. This rooster is, is smart. Oh my god. And can I just say, I love Tim Curry, but I hated the. <laughs> oh, oh, I hated it. <laughs> and there's none of that in this version, so perfect. Yeah. Okay, so I don't think this is how adoption works. Yes, have your daughter, but I, I get her overnight. So you can pick her up after. Let me have Christmas with her first. Yeah. That's not quite how it works. They are, at this point, her parents. Now, he's... he's he hasn't asked where they're staying. He hasn't asked... Because they've said they're from Canada. They've got one dollar to their name. They have to give him. Yeah. Clearly, he's stalling because he's got the sense that something's wrong here. Mm-hmm. 
But if he's not sore and he's just like, just give me this one memory of the girl, like you don't have the right to. They have every right to be like, no, we're going. Yeah, and I feel like if they were, if if they showed up, they've not seen their daughter in her entire life. Yeah. And they are so desperate to come and take her home that like they've tracked her down here. Yeah. The way that Miss Hannigan is playing mm. Annie's mum and being like, "Come, you look at her just one last time. She's yeah. an angel." You would be like, "Please stay for dinner." But this is also it. If these are genuinely her parents, you're going to rob them of their first family Christmas. Yeah, basically. Daddy's selfish over here. I know, but it's because he knows there's something up. Yeah, like I think that's how you have to reason with it for him not to come across as a jerk. Yeah. Grace sings lies to Annie using both her solo songs. Yeah, I quite like it though. Yeah, I like I like the callback to maybe in tomorrow. Mm. But she's just telling the lies. Like, maybe you'll live in a better place than this. Like, Grace straight up knows she's lying to Annie. Yeah. Mr. Warbucks, I don't want to go. <laughs> so Annie is sat, dressed on the stairs the next day, ready for them to arrive. Yeah. Waiting for her parents. And... Daddy Warbucks has got like his tie undone and Grace just looks like tired. And then he says, you look like you didn't get any sleep. No, Annie, you but not like you think. Any sleep at all. No, we were up all night. On the phone to the FBI. For sure. For sure, like that's clearly what they were doing. They, it's just so funny. They come out looking really bedraggled and like they've really quickly put their clothes back yeah. on. It's amazing. And then we cut back to the orphanage and... Lily spills all over a poker game because the orphans have got her. Like, that was just funny. Like, she's such a ditz. Like, even these kids who don't have any idea of what's going on. They definitely do. But it's just funny. But also, I really like the idea that Rooster and Miss Hannigan aren't going back for her. No, I don't think they are. They're not going to. And they're just going to leave her in charge of the orphanage. Yeah. But. I think that's their plan. Lily realises, like, she's kind of like, it's like Pepper says it to her. She says, well, how are you so sure they're coming back? And that's when she gets angry. So the ending is just like, oh, my God. It all comes together just so perfectly that's and amazing. so cheesy. So the Mudges have their money and nearly leave without Annie. Mm-hmm. And as they're leaving, there's like all of the... the, the Secret service. Well, it wasn't the secret service. It was, it was Daddy Warbucks' help and just there to give Annie like a guard of honour as they leave. Oh, yeah. And as they go through the door, the Secret Service is there and they're like, Stop! Who are you, the president? As a matter of fact, I am. And In then, wheels, FDR. But like, and Alan stops them. Brewster is like, Oh my god, it is the president. Oh my god. Because he calls Miss Hannigan Aggie, pretending yeah. Agatha. And he's like, Aggie, Aggie, it's the president. It is the president. <laughs> he and like freaks out. In busts Lily, who, who owns up to everything. They're still in Daddy Warbucks' house. They haven't gotten away with the crime yet. And she's just like confessing to everything when they can still get got. And he's like, um, Lily, that's the president. And she's like, I don't care. Yeah, she doesn't at that point. Shut she's your really hotel leaving. door mouth. <laughs> Did your hotel ever shut? So the president saves the day. Mm-hmm. Can we just take a moment to appreciate a president doing the right thing for his people? <laughs> for the rich people. And they, they capture her and Mrs. Hannigan is wheeled off. Like oh, but all the kids Hannibal run Lecter. in, run up to who everybody thinks currently is Mrs. Mudge, yeah. and they're like, we love you, Miss Hannigan. And Annie just looks at her like, you 
cow. <laughs> and she and realizes. Miss Hannigan's all like, Annie, tell them that I always loved you. And she goes, I would. But you always told me not to tell lies. And it comes back and she goes off and yeah, wheeled off like Hannibal Lecter. Amazing. Little girls, little girls. One day you'll land in the nut house. Annie. Merry Christmas, your parents are dead. Oh my god. <laughs> that is literally how this film ends. Clearly, oh. Santa Claus delivered exactly what Daddy Warbucks wanted. Yeah. Good news. But like FDR rocks up, hands a letter to Daddy Warbucks, and he's like, Annie, I have some news for you. Your parents have been dead this whole time. <laughs> and Daddy, she's like, okay. And Daddy Warbucks is like, jackpot results. Yes, amazing. And FDR will personally see to it that all the girls are adopted. Mm. Sorry, are you not trying to get your country out of a depression? Yeah, get that out of the depression, then get the kids adopted. At least he's not spending all of his time golfing. True. Together at last. Together forever. And I'd say curtains down. And we all live happily ever after. Because Grace says yes to the worst proposal ever. Oh, he literally, he gives Annie the, the locket. It's a Tiffany box yeah. with the locket in, and she opens it and he puts it on her. And then, oh no, Grace puts it on her, because then Daddy Warbucks is behind Grace holding another Tiffany box. She turns around, he hands the box to her, and then she opens it and is like, <gasps> okay. And he just puts, she doesn't say yes, he just puts it on her ring he finger. He doesn't even put it on her, she puts it on herself. So, so not only does he not kneel, he doesn't even open the ring box in front of her like, marry me? It's just a ring. This is meaningless without a proposal. It is, but everything is coming up, Annie. Yes, indeed. And yes. And we're all going to live happily ever after. Yeah. The end. The end. I really liked this version. Um, Did you? My best song in this version is Together at Last. Is it? Because I really do like the interplay at this point with Annie and Daddy Warbucks. Especially, oh, not the finale Together at no, Last. The, no, the one preceding it. Yeah. Especially because of the dramatic irony that then it tugs at your heartstrings. Yeah. It is like School of Rock, where we see that Miss Mullins is starting to fall in love with Dewey. Mm -hmm. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, no, because you think he's an edge sneakly. You think he's somebody he's not. And yeah. there's a dramatic irony, and it's tragic, especially when she opens up. And I love that kind of thing, because it just means so much more when the characters in the narrative have made you feel that way, only for it to come plummeting down. Yeah. And just to having the way of a time with each other. Mm -hmm. And... It's like Daddy Warbucks is a kid again. He's so happy, like... Yeah. He's got his youth back, like this youthful vigour about him. Yeah, that's true. So that's my favourite song in this version, just because I think the acting really goes well with it. Yeah, fair enough. I love um, NYC. Yeah, NYC is really good. Is an absolute bop. Yeah. I like Alicia Morton singing anything. It's great. But my favourite song in this version is Little Girls. Because the way that Kathy Bates is playing it, she's obviously at the very end of her very frayed work. Yeah. Like, They've done a really good job creating a very different Annie that has the same kind of beats. Yeah, we know the story, but these characters are different. And the narrative is essentially the same, just mm -hmm. with a few things removed. Yeah, who would you want to play? I'd want to play FDR. 
<laughs> so you can show up at the end and be like, we're going to adopt all of you. Annie, your parents are dead. You're going to prison. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Like, that's it. I, I prefer this version of Rooster. Like, I could also get on board with playing this version of Rooster. Yeah. Because I feel like he is more sinister. He's more interesting, yeah. And more interesting. Like, again, Tim Curry, fantastic actor. And mm -hmm. I don't blame him. I don't blame Carol Burnett or Bernadette Peters. I just think the way the film's narrative has worked up, I'm not interested in this version of Rooster, yeah, he may only come in at 45 minutes in, yeah, but he works because the way the songs have been changed, and then like later on, and he's smarter, he's not like foolishly getting himself into these lucky positions, he's actually kind of planned this, yeah, and I think that's really interesting. Like, he is a bit more sinister and a bit, a bit more cunning and actually capable. Tim Curry, I never felt like they would get away with it, yeah, but I actually. Feel like these versions of these characters could get away with it. Yeah, they could. Hundred percent, if not for FDR. Yeah. Who would you want to play in this version? Always Miss Hannigan's going to be my answer. Yeah. But I think you, this version of Lily would be so much fun to play because mm -hmm. I just love the like airhead dits kind of. Like, she's an idiot, but she's yeah. so funny. And so interesting. Yeah, and especially the Christian Chenoweth moment at the end where she kind of realises and bursts in completely oblivious to everything. Yeah, is ignoring everything that's going on around her, including the fact that the president's just And she's there. confessing openly in front of everyone, including the president. Yeah. You know that they're never getting out of the jail cell. No. In fact, they're probably going to be put away from, uh, like, the death sentence. Yeah, well, she's already said she's going to go back to Rikers Island. Yeah. Like, this is going to end not well. No, but Miss Hannigan is sent to a psychiatric ward yeah, but hospital instead of a prison. Which is fine, but okay. Rooster is going to receive the death penalty because... For trying to kill Annie. Yeah, like yeah. that's going to come out. Like he, he will be put down. Uh, my MVP, I do want to say like massive honourable mention to Molly. Like Aww. I didn't care about any of the other orphans in the previous version. Yeah. But like I really, really think Sarah Highland was fantastic casting. Mm -hmm. and did it really well. So honourable mention there. I actually think my MVP for this version is going to be Alan Cummings as Rooster. Oh, cool. For making you like that character more. Yeah, yeah. I just think he did a really good job. Because mm -hmm. I think he can sometimes come across as very Tim Curry as well. Yeah. And I think he did a good job to take the same role and do more with it than oh, just to do like a, a cheap parody of Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. So, on, yeah, my MVP is Adam Cummings. Cool. He's your MVP. Most valuable pair. Yeah. Wasn't uh, in it enough, was amazing when he was. Fair. He's the first person to recognise that Miss Hannigan is dressed up as Annie. It's true. Even though he's never met. You should always listen to the dog. Even though he's never met. No, but he knows not to trust them. Yeah. And that's important. Dog instincts. Yeah. I and mean, Annie's there like, be quiet, Sandy, be polite. No. If your dog is barking at somebody, it's because they don't trust them yeah. and then you shouldn't either. I gave this version four out of five stars, so an improvement to the Yay! last one. The only thing it's missing is just a little bit more depth and detail to, like, Daddy Warbucks this time. Give me more of the last Daddy Warbucks. This isn't to say Victor Garber was bad, because he was great as it. I just feel like the script has cut some really nice moments mm -hmm. with his character. Mm -hmm. Like, some really valuable character-building moments. Yeah. Give me an extra 15 minutes just building on his slow progression from Oliver Warbucks to Daddy Warbucks. Yeah. That's all I ask. And I'm hoping that I will get that with 
Jamie Foxx. Yeah, well, the Jamie Foxx version is one hour 58 minutes. So I might. So you might. Also, it loses a star because my favourite, one of my favourite songs from the last one, I think I actually said my favourite song in the last version was... Yeah, my best song last time was I Think I'm Gonna Like It Here, and that's my worst song this time. That's my least favourite song this time. Yeah. Loses a star. And again, I feel bad. That's not Grace's fault. I just think it lost a lot of the charm. The choreography wasn't as fun. Interesting. I'll be interested to see how you feel about it next month. I think next month will be completely different, because I have a feeling, stylistically, it's going to be very different. From what I understand, it is more hip-hop, R&B. Uh, sure. So most of it is kind of pop. Yeah. More than anything else, because you've got like remixes done by people like Sia. Yeah. Some of them are hip hop R and B, but not all of them. Yeah, but this is what I mean. I feel like some of the songs are going to be very different because they are changing the style for a modern version of Annie. Yeah. So I feel like you can throw everything I know about Annie out the window. But I, th- I feel like a lot of the issues that you've mentioned here will be addressed well especially in terms of villains we are getting closer to the definitive annie viewing experience yeah at this point in time annie 2 electric boogaloo (laughs) is my favorite version of it chris if you're listening which i know you will be obviously agree with you wholeheartedly i think this is of the two i've seen so far the best take on annie Mm-hmm. However, Jamie Foxx, Cameron Diaz, mm-hmm. I mean, it's all to play for. We shall have to see. So, we will be back next week as we visit Chicago. Yeah. Renee Zellweger. Catherine mm-hmm. Zeta-Jones. Catherine Zeta-Jones. Queen Latifah. Yep, you're just going to say names. I recognise those names, though. Like, you know who, you will know who Queen Latifah is. I do, is. she's in Hasbro. Yeah. I know who Queen Latifah is. Right, okay. Just throwing names out. Yeah. But we'll be back next week with Chicago. Mm-hmm. And we will hopefully be putting up a poll to talk about what we do after Chicago. Yeah. So look for that on Twitter at It's a Musical Pod. You can also follow us on Instagram at It's a Musical Pod. We'll probably put the poll up on there too. Can you do polls on Instagram? In stories, yeah. Cool. Oh, of course you can. Uh, mm-hmm. mm. Yeah. You can also follow Drew on at Icarus Illustration. Two C's in Icarus. Yes. Yep. That's on TikTok. That's also on Twitter, mm-hmm. where you can see our lovely episode art each week, but also see how it's drawn. That's yeah, some fantastic I videos. Is on. Yeah, mm-hmm. I really like those. Who would you like to see us drawn as for Chicago? I get the feeling whichever character I am, I probably had it coming. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and you can also email us at it's a musical pod at gmail.com yeah get involved talk to us we love to hear from people and special shout out this week to our new twitter followers jim and tomic from musical theater happy hour and Lindsay ellis who is the diva from musical theater hell because we love you and you're great yeah it's kind of been a good week for us that people we look up to and people that have inspired us to start this podcast have kind of, like, they say never meet your heroes, but have been really good to us. So you had those lovely experiences with those guys. Mm-hmm. Musical theatre match. I nearly died when I saw that he followed you. Yes. 
and for me it was having correspondence with Joe from How To Wrestling was just absolutely incredible because I listened to that podcast religiously and <laughs> to actually have like a conversation was amazing so thank you Joe and if you haven't if you're a wrestling fan like me make sure to check out shows like How To Wrestling and the Attitude Era podcast because they're just incredible yeah so we're done plugging other podcasts as well as ours. <laughs> the, you know, these aren't paid sponsorships. No one's paying us to say this. Like, this is just... People we love. People we love. They've inspired us and have been really good to us this week. So thank you, you yeah. know, from fans. Thank you for, you know, being great to us. Mm-hmm. We will be back next week with Chicago. Yep. Same Bat Place, Same Bat Channel, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so that you are notified when a new episode goes live each Monday. And have a magical... Musical Monday.